Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Scott Knuckles with The Untold Story. Thank you for joining me. I hope today's message will drive you to a greater faith, a more lasting hope, and a deeper love for others and yourself. I'm reminded of the quote by Thomas Edison. He said, Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Let's get started with today's podcast. Today's podcast begins with the question, God, how big are you? From the dawn of our existence until 400 years ago, everything visible in the heavens came through observation with the naked eye. That is, until Galileo, Galilei changed all of that. Galileo was a mathematician, physicist, astronomer, and philosopher. He developed what is called modern astronomy. He was born in Pisa, Italy in 1564. He was educated in a Jesuit monastery. He said, God is known by nature in his works and by doctrine in his revealed word. In 1609, he heard about a telescope made by a Dutch eyeglass maker. He soon built his own, 32 times more powerful, and began to observe the heavens. Galileo proved that the earth is not the center of the universe, which was revolutionary in those days. After looking up, he said, I give infinite thanks to God who has been pleased to make me the first observer of marvelous things. In those days, what was thought to be a patch across the sky turned out to be our Milky Way galaxy. When we stare at the sky at night, nearly every star that we see lies within our own galaxy. In fact, it's incredible to see how far we've come since Galileo's discoveries. The Hubble Space Telescope was launched in 1990. It is the first major optical telescope to be placed in space. Above all distortion, the Hubble Telescope gives an unobstructed view of our universe. The images it has returned are staggering and awesome. You see images of supernovas, stars that explode, which make our fireworks here on Earth look like a mere exploding bottle rocket or firecracker. There is no comparison. Since then, we've learned our galaxy is a cluster of some 200 billion stars. Can you believe that? That our galaxy, just our galaxy, 200 billion stars. But it doesn't stop there. It's estimated that our galaxy is one of 125 billion galaxies. Andromeda is our next closest galaxy. Can you believe it is 10 million, million, million miles away from the Earth? Guess how many stars it's estimated to have? One trillion. It would take us two million years to reach at the speed of light. This telescope can show us the most distant stars and galaxies in the heavens. But wait. Scientists say they've only been able to explore 
4%. That's it. 4%. How big is our God? As you know, Earth has only one satellite, the moon. The moon is the second brightest object in the sky from Earth. Did you know that our moon is one quarter of a million miles away? From its physical appearance, the moon is a useless orb to human life upon Earth, except for the sunlight it reflects to a darkened world. But if we did not have the moon, our nights would be considerably darker. Without that moon, tides would completely stop. It could cause earthquakes and volcanoes due to the loss of gravitational pull. The Earth's axis could dangerously shift, causing wild season changes, potentially rendering huge portions, if not all of our planet, uninhabitable. Our solar system is moving at 515,000 miles per hour, spinning as it goes. Our sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. The earth is always being pulled toward the sun by gravity. If the earth were stationary compared to the sun, it would crash into the sun under the force of gravity. But it won't. This inward attractive force is canceled out by the centrifugal force acting on earth because of its rotation about its axis. If the Earth were to move to a smaller orbit, rotating with the same angular velocity, then it would crash into the Sun, or if it moved to a bigger orbit, rotating with the same angular velocity, then it would constantly move away from the Sun, and the planet would eventually die. As I think on all this, the universe is so vast that it's impossible to wrap my head around it. The level of complexity makes it a fascinating study. I've merely touched the high points and (laughs) my head hurts already. Imagine this. Scientists believe that there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the earth. More stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the earth. How big is our God? One shift or change could end our planet in an instant. This past year, I asked my kids to come outside. It was a crisp fall day, and the night sky was completely clear and lit up magnificently. And as you can imagine, they fought me. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. But I eventually got every one of them to come outside. And as a family, we looked up to the heavens. Let me ask you, Isn't there something amazing when you look up at the night sky? Isn't it beautiful to behold? It's incomprehensible how it all fits together, works together. You get the feeling that we're part of something much greater when we see the heavens. It is said that before the birth of the universe, time, space, and matter did not exist. All of what we see today in the heavens is like a big clock and it turns on time. Scientists call it the clockwork universe because it continues ticking along as a perfect machine. How did this universe start? Scientists believe that in the beginning everything was made of gas, and as it expanded and cooled, 
gravity caused gas and dust to form the universe. You probably heard of the Big Bang Theory. Scientists believe this Big Bang is believed to have created everything, including you and me, all by itself. Let's see if what the scientific community believes aligns to the Bible. There's no better place to start than in Genesis reading from chapter 1 from the message. First this, God created the heavens and the earth, all you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke, light, and light appeared. God saw that the light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day. He named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning, day one. God spoke, sky, in the middle of the water, separate water from water. God made sky. He separated the water under sky from the water above sky. And there it was. He named sky the heavens. It was evening. It was morning. Day two. God spoke, separate. Water beneath heaven, gather into one place. Land, appear. And there it was. God named the land earth. He named the pooled water ocean. God saw that it was good. God spoke, earth, green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree. And there it was. Earth produced green seed-bearing plants, all varieties, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts. God saw that it was good. It was evening, there was morning, day three. God spoke, lights, come out, shine in heaven's sky. Separate day from night. Mark seasons and days and years. Lights in heaven's sky to give light to earth. And there it was. God made two big lights, the larger to take charge of day, the smaller to be in charge of night. And he made the stars. God placed them in the heavenly sky to light up earth and oversee day and night. To separate light and dark, God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day four. I believe the first clue is in the first verse. It says, in the beginning, God. Do you know what we can take from that? God is the foundation for all things. Everything starts with him. This world did not show up as an accident or a freak of nature. There is only one who can create something out of nothing. Did you know that all major religions of the world believe there is a creator? In fact, the two most dominant religions on earth, representing nearly 60% of the world's population, believe in the creation story. Let's look at verse 1 and 2. Those two verses expressed that what he formed was new and perfect. It describes how God took chaos, waste, void, and darkness and created life out of it. 
This was the world's condition as God began to form it. Isn't that incredible? Secondly, as a Christian, we recognize that seven is a sign of perfection. And what is interesting is the number of times God represents seven in the first few verses of the Bible. It says that God formed the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. The word created is used seven times. There are seven days in a week. There are seven paragraphs representing one for each day created. Each of the three foundational nouns he introduced in this passage, God, land, and sky, occurs a multiple of seven times. There are seven acts of creation preceding the crowning event of humanity's creation. Get this, the words light and day occur seven times. The expression, the waters, and living occurs both seven times. What's the point in all of this? According to Umberto Casuto, who wrote a commentary on the book of Genesis, the point of this emphasis on the number seven is to highlight the perfection and completeness of the home God made for all humanity. Every detail has been lined out to perfection. It gives us enormous hope and confidence that God is in control. In these verses, you see his love and care guiding him as he prepares a place for humankind. Everything was created by God to bless all of humankind. So although earth is not the center of the universe as the early church thought, it is the center of God's focus when he created the universe. Third, you see in these verses at each step of the way, he comments on how he feels about what he is creating. It is good. What's also important to note is that God didn't give us an exhaustive view of all that he created, but he gave us just what we need. Nor, when you read them, did he lay out precisely how he did it all. The theme of the creation story is to showcase all the things that are relevant to man. God himself is sharing how he created the universe with us in mind. In these spoken words, God is saying, I am the author and creator of all life. I want to summarize something here that might be the most important thing I share today. And that's that scientists say the universe is mathematical. If that's the case, how did the universe create the math to organize and run itself? How did the universe come to be? Scientists say dust and particles appeared. Where did they come from? It says that all of this happened with a big bang. As Christians, we don't disagree with that supposition because God didn't say exactly how he did it. However, we do take issue with macroevolution. Macroevolution asserts that we evolved from other animal species. This is not the case. We believe God created man, and there is evidence that supports it. In Genesis, it says, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, 
so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. As if to put an explanation point on it, he says that he created man in his image three times. Why do you think he did that? To make it crystal clear that we have a creator and he created us and fashioned us according to his plan. Let me ask you something. If you were walking along in the forest and you saw a name beautifully carved into a tree, what would you think? You would infer intelligence of some kind, wouldn't you? You would believe that 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 wasn't natural, that it was put there, right? You would say that there's no way that that could have happened randomly without intelligent design. Agreed? Well, then let me ask you this. When you think about DNA, how is it that we can look at a DNA sequence that's over 3 billion letters long in the exact order? How does that happen? Do you think that happened naturally? Do you think it is possible that it was random? Scientists believe that that this evolved over six million years, that somehow our DNA mutated perfectly in pairs to create all humankind. But what's interesting and what is non-debatable is that our cells have detailed instructions regarding every single thing. Similar but more complex than how a computer works. We are led to believe today in our schools and around this world that we were developed based on random mutations in the genetic material and the process of natural selection. Let me ask you, aren't you more comforted by believing that God intelligently designed each one of us with a purpose? Doesn't that give us meaning? direction for our lives. How have we let people who we think are so intelligent, and yes, they are, convince us that there is no God, and all we see happen by luck? I mean, they don't use that term, but let's be clear. That's what it is. It happened by luck. We, it just, it, it magically appeared. They, they wouldn't like that word, but it appeared and somehow just happened in this sophisticated uh, solar system, sophisticated galaxy, sophisticated universe, and that humankind somehow with three billion uh, characters all flowing together in uniform sequence all happened by accident. It's incredible. I have read and researched so much And it confirms my belief in an amazing, loving God that has laid out the universe for us and designed us for a purpose. That it is plausible, not only plausible, it is likely. And for those of us that believe, we know there is a God of this universe. What is extraordinary is that the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. But when it comes to man, it says that we are made in the very image of God. It is impracticable 
and improbable to believe there is not a God. Do you know what this outlines for us? That no matter what you're going through, no matter what is happening in life, no matter what is happening in this world, no matter what is happening in this universe, that our God is in complete control and you can bank on that. When he says you should not worship any God but me, he is saying, I am your creator. There is no one above me. You can imagine how hurtful and frustrated God was in ancient times when people were worshiping carved images using the very materials he spoke into existence. You can imagine today how hurtful and disappointing it is to have intellectuals do everything in their power to dismiss our creator. What does the King of Glory think of all this? Lastly, what you see in the first chapter of Genesis is an account that reveals that God is a redeeming God. He brought the cosmos out of chaos, turned darkness into light, and transformed a curse into a blessing with this creation story. How big is our God? Have you ever heard the song, So Will I, written by Benjamin Houston and Michael Fatkin? It says, God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made. Every burning star, a signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. God of your promise, you don't speak in vain. No syllable empty or void. For once you have spoken, all nature and science follow the sound of your voice. Hallelujah to that, right? Nature and science follow the sound of your voice. We've got to turn to the Bible because it's so powerful in what it expresses about this creation. In Psalms, it says he determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. In Psalm 33, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. In Psalm 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech, and night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Jeremiah 10 he made the earth by his power. He established the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens at his discretion. Couple more. Isaiah, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. 
He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Lift up your eyes high and see who created these. He who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. And finally, to put a wrapper, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise you, Lord, for your amazing words. Praise you for your creation. So what did we learn from Galileo? He said God is known by nature in his works and by doctrine in his revealed word. He was able to observe God's creation while respecting, honoring, and holding dear the sacred word of God. Many of our famous scientists were devout believers and wanted to better understand God's creation. Galileo, one of the most revered scientists in history, believed that God created the universe. We can have that same confidence, too. And what do we make of the Hubble telescope that's shown us amazing images? Well, it's soon to have a cousin called the James Webb Space Telescope. It will be launched sometime in the fall of 2021. If you thought the heavens were beautiful to behold with the Hubble telescope, just wait until you see the images that come from the new one. The clarity is staggering. So God, how big are you? God, how big are you? He is undefinable in the human mind. He is more powerful than anything we've seen. He's gentler than a mother's touch and more loving than a parent's love for their child. His mind is incomprehensible. He is brilliant, sophisticated, intentional, and thoughtful. His patience is enduring and his love is endless. How can I say there is no God or doubt him and his ability to move in my life. How can we do that to the one who has done so much throughout time to prepare for us, to provide for us, and to see us through? His spoken word exudes life and gives purpose. His creation is everywhere around us. The clouds as they are suspended in the sky providing shade on a hot day. The swirling of autumn leaves thrust high into the air on a crisp fall day. Standing by the waves of the ocean as they roll back and forth. How the thunder claps and the lightning frightens. The rains as they replenish the earth, replenish a parched land. The birds as they sing under a tree. The rolling hills, the golden fields of grain, and the animals grazing. A waterfall crashing down with all its strength into a beautiful oasis. The moon river 
that seems to go on endlessly. The towering mountains as they try to touch the heavens. The sun as it rises and falls faithfully each day. The vast seas teeming with life. The dolphins in uniform dancing and speaking as they swim next to a boat. Volcanoes as they erupt in magnificent power and beauty. What about watching an eagle soar through the sky? The beautiful blue sky that greets us each day. The breathtaking moon as it sits suspended in the darkened sky. The stars in all their dazzling glory showing off for their creator. God, I believe. I believe. I believe. You are the God of all things, the creator of heaven and earth. I do not want to ever doubt you, but believe. Life is amazing. It is to be treasured, but we are to worship the one who gave life. So what do we do with all this information that's been shared? Maybe it's to firm up our beliefs. Maybe it's to take a stand against those who think they know everything about how this universe has been created. Maybe it's to spend time in praise and honor to the one who deserves it. The one who deserves it all. It's fitting to end with the song, So Will I. The words to that song, So Will I. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, God, so will I. If your oceans roar with greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sum of all our praises still falls shy, then we'll sing again a hundred billion times. God of salvation, you chase down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created the light of the world, abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done, every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. So will I. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Would you take a moment and provide a rating, subscribe, and consider sharing this message of encouragement with others? You can also visit us on scottknuckles.com to get more information. Until next time, blessings 